everybody. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast, and I am Nate Johnstone. And I am Paul Anderson. All right. Well, we got the first two questions right. <laughs> we both got our names right. That's worth 20 points on the test, right? So it's good to be back with you again. And we are kicking off a new series right now. And this is going to be a series on demons. Ooh, demons. Scary. Um, demons, demonology, how are they real? What are What is our interaction with them? What are we supposed to do about them? Should we be afraid of them? All of these sorts of things. And I know that this uh, is a topic that some people probably skipped right over when looking at the podcast list because they don't want to listen to it or maybe are a little afraid of it. Do you think that's reasonable, Paul? Possible. I, I know some people who who would who find this topic um, uncomfortable, off, at uncomfortable best. at best. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I went to a more of an intellectual college, and and I, I debated a lot of people who didn't believe demons literally existed they were metaphors and that sort of thing um and so some people might be in that boat others might believe they exist because the bible says they do but that that sounds scary that doesn't sound like something that i really need to know anything about at all mm-hmm. um and we are going to kindly disabuse you of that notion if that is something that you hold um but just to to set the stage of where Paul and I are coming from, and jump in here, Paul, if, if you disagree with any of this, but um, we come from a point of view that Scripture was inspired by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, written by godly men, but inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so we believe it's true. Now, because we are flawed, sinful human beings, uh, the way we read it and our interpretation of it isn't always accurate. Because I don't know about you, but I sometimes make mistakes. Mm. I I think that the movie Inception ending meant one thing, and someone else thinks it means another. And 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 in the case of movies, that's fun. In the case of scripture, it can be quite challenging, and it has caused many rifts and many sadly many wars and things like that um, in the past. And we are certainly not advocating for any of that. Uh, my stance is that scripture is true. And it does need to be interpreted, and it needs to be interpreted by someone who is likewise filled with the Holy Spirit, because mm-hmm. the Spirit is the one who wrote it, mm-hmm. um, inspired it, if you want to use that language, and uh, he is not double-minded, okay? God is three persons in one in a very unique existence. He's not a multiple personality disorder person. So God's not going to say one thing in scripture and then say another thing today or mean another thing today. He meant the stuff that was written in the word. And so uh, as far as the topic for today, you know, if, if you have a trouble believing that literal demons exist, read through the gospel of Mark. Mm. Just open up your Bible. It'll take you 90 minutes. Just start at Mark chapter one and go through chapter 16. And at the end, you will say, obviously, the authors of this book and Jesus believe that demons existed. Mm-hmm. Does that prove they existed? Of course not, but that's what they believed. And as a follower of Jesus, I want to believe what he believed and mm-hmm. I want to do what he did. And so we are coming from the point of view that when the Bible speaks about demons, principalities, powers, rulers of this present darkness, it is speaking of personal agents, spirit beings, but actual personal agents with 
some degree, presumably of free will. Um, now, it's a whole nother topic to, to talk about where these beings come from, who they are, that sort of thing. Um, and we're, I don't think we're going to need to get we into that. That's, that's splitting hairs. Uh, if you want to listen to my brother and I's podcast, we'll probably split those hairs because I like hair splitting. But we like to be more practical here at things Christians mm-hmm. want to know. And so uh, suffice it to say that demons are beings that were created by God and then fell. Uh, think Lucifer and his angels. Are demons actually those angels or are they other beings that fell? Uh, we, we don't know. The Bible doesn't feel like we needed to know because it doesn't tell us. Um, but they are agents of Lucifer, agents of the devil. And that's what we believe. And so um, if you disagree and believe that when Jesus talks about the demonic and powers of darkness, he's speaking metaphorically, that's okay. And we'd love you to continue listening anyway. Um, but that's our starting point. And I believe it matters. What do you think, Paul? Does it matter? Absolutely, it matters. Because here's the deal. The New Testament is written from the background understanding that we are in a world at war. The world is in a state of warfare. Um, It comes out of apocalyptic literature, which is a literature term, and it, it posits that The world is constantly in a spiritual battle, an unseen spiritual battle. And the New Testament writers take this point of view wholeheartedly, as does Jesus. In fact, Jesus reinforces this all the time. Mm -hmm. He is talking about the devil as the prince of the power of the air, the ruler of this present darkness. We are to come against that. Jesus, in bringing the kingdom is coming against the kingdom of darkness. So there's two kingdoms. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus comes on the scene is the beginning of the clash of those two kingdoms. And the kingdom of God has been clashing with the kingdom of darkness ever since. And that is the background of the New Testament. That is what they all believed and that is what they understood. It is not the understanding of modern Western people. Most of us, I think it's fair to say, do not see ourselves as being involved in a world that is at war, that there is an unseen spiritual battle happening at all times. Most of us, honestly, people my age, I'm 41, have no clue what war even is. You know, people who lived through World War II can remember how that changed and affected everyone. There was rationing and all this kind of stuff. But a warfare context um, is just lost on modern Western people. And this war is far, far more devastating than World War One and World War Two put together. Absolutely. The stakes are a lot higher. The disciple of Jesus, the beloved disciple John, he said it this way. It's a powerful scripture, 1 John 3, 8. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. So when he came on the scene, he saw that as his primary task. Mm -hmm. Now think about that, folks. The reason Jesus came was to destroy the works of the devil. Now, the reason he came was also to save sinners, right? We know that. That's true in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And so in order to save sinners, he had to destroy the works of the devil is what he's saying. Mm -hmm. He is saying that this is a world at war. There is a spiritual war taking place. 
the devil is the current ruler of this world. And theologically, that comes from the idea that God created the earth for humans. But when humans sinned and fell, um, they sort of handed the reins over to the devil, you might say, or he was able to usurp then humans' authority. But he is the ruler now, or rather was until the cross. The cross. Um, but, but his kingdom is what Jesus came to defeat. That's why he came. He came as a soldier. Now, again, this is spiritual warfare, not physical. Jesus never raised a weapon. Mm -hmm. He yelled at Peter when Peter did so, okay? He is not physically violent in any way. We are not talking about waging war in human terms. We're talking about a spiritual war. And Paul clarifies this very well when he says, we do not battle against flesh and blood. In other words, mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. or physical things at all. We battle against spiritual things, principalities, which is rulers, powers, which is kind of big picture authority uh, forces of darkness in this present darkness, he says. In heavenly places. In heavenly places. Mm -hmm. So it's a spiritual battle, but we are involved in it because we are spiritual agents. We have a spirit, and our spirit is either possessed by ourself or possessed by the spirit of God, or potentially possessed by a demonic force. And so no matter how you look at it and who you are, we are spiritual agents. We are in a war whether we want to believe it or not. And this is what's hard for us Western people to get our minds around. The and biblical point of view is very clear. We are in a war. And if you don't think you're in a war and you are in a war... You're in trouble. That Then that's very serious. And so if you are um, of the belief, which many Christians are in America, that I don't need to know anything about the demonic, I can completely ignore anything related to the demonic, Satan, all this kind of stuff, that's silly, it's not for me, I can ignore it. What we are saying the Bible says is, you are in the middle of a battle, refusing to believe you're in a battle. And you're a casualty. There are bullets flying at you everywhere, and you say, no, there aren't bullets flying at me. Mm -hmm. And bullets hit you every day, and you say, no, bullets are not hitting me. You're, let me... Let me uh, it's it's it, very serious. It is serious. And let me say how Jesus came on the scene in three ways that he came against the forces of darkness. First, he used his authority given him by the Father to cast out demons. And not only did he cast out demons, but whenever he sent the disciples out, he included cast out demons. Yep. That was that was uh, frontal for him. Second, he lived a sinless life, giving the enemy no place to attack him. He said, he yep. has nothing in me. In other words, he can't, he can't get at me. There's mm -hmm. no, there's no place where he can get at me because, uh, uh, he, he was, he was armed and third and ultimately it was at the cross. Like you said, he died on the cross, totally devastating the powers of darkness. As he was facing the cross, this is what he said. Now is the judgment of this world. Now, listen to this, shall the ruler of this world, Jesus said that, now shall the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. And so Jesus is saying his moment of victory in this battle is at the cross when he dies. And Paul, as you know, he elucidates that also places. talked yeah. about that. He said, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, mm -hmm. this 
he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. The cross was an embarrassment to Satan. Satan thought he was winning Mm -hmm. as Christ was dying, but he realized then he beat me. He, he crushed me. He yep. embarrassed me. He pulverized me. Yep. And there's a <clears throat> famous theological point of view that, that elucidates that a lot about how God sort of trick, tricked the devil at the moment yeah. of the cross. And that, yeah. that was one of his whole points in coming. And the way he defeated the devil was to trick him through pride. Mm-hmm. The devil, using his pride, thought he could actually win and kill God. And uh, God knew he would do that. And tricked him and so jesus took this very seriously mm-hmm. again if you read the read through the gospel of mark seriously just do it anyway even if you don't care about demons it's a great read it's only 90 minutes and reading a whole chapter of the bible at a time a whole gospel at a time gives you a really great perspective you see the big picture a lot more mm-hmm. when i the first time i read through the gospel of mark all in one sitting i came away thinking wow all Jesus did was cast out demons and heal the sick. That's like all he ever did. He occasionally preached and he occasionally did other miracles, mm-hmm. but basically the entire time Jesus was around, according to Mark, he was just casting out demons and healing people everywhere he went. Mm-hmm. Because you see it all throughout the entire thing. You would think like, if you were trying to write a clever story, you would stop saying it after a while. Cause after the 40th time, you, yeah, I get it. Jesus went into a village. He cast out all the demons and healed all the we're sick, just like every other time. But, but it's just really powerful when you see it all in one chunk like that. And you're like, Whoa, casting out of demons was a massive part of Jesus ministry. Mm-hmm. Massive. It's one of the main things he did mm-hmm. along with healing the sick. He did those things far more than he preached in terms of time spent. And you got to ask yourself, if Jesus felt it was worth spending a whole lot of time on something, it seems like we need to at least pay attention to it and figure out what's going on, right? Absolutely. Um, If not, maybe he was being our example and we need to do likewise. If Jesus did it these three ways by walking in authority, by walking in righteousness, and by dying, then guess what? We do the same thing. Mm -hmm. We walk in the authority that is given us. He didn't say, now, disciples, I've done this, but of course, you're not going to do it. He said just the opposite. He said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, Freely give. And when he sent out the 12 and later sent out the 72 in Luke 10, he told them to cast out demons as well. And this was before he was crucified and rose from the dead, before he sent the Father's gift of the Holy Spirit to the church. And even then he was telling them to cast out demons, and they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they were really excited about that at one point. <laughs> when Jesus comes back down after the Mount of Transfigurations, they're like, we were casting out demons in your name, and they listened to us. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, cool. Calm down a little bit. Don't rejoice that the demons obey you because of my name. Rejoice because your name is written in the book of life. Yes. And I like that because it's like, okay, yes, that's awesome. You can be happy about that, but don't don't get too excited about being able to cast out demons and kick the devil's butt around. And we'll talk about that again later. Um, Some people then take that too far and say, 
don't deal with it at all, which is silly because that's exactly the opposite mm-hmm. of what Jesus says. So if Jesus did it those ways, then we're to do it the same way. So mm-hmm. we, we walk in the authority of Christ to deal with the demonic, and then we walk in the righteousness of Christ. Paul talks about it as putting on the whole armor. What is it? Righteousness, truth. If we compromise in the truth, what happens? We believe lies. We enter into the Satan Satan's camp. We're in the darkness. Yep. Gospel shoes of peace, sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. So we arm ourselves with the righteousness of Christ. And third, we die to ourselves. And here's where Peter comes on strong. It's in suffering. Uh, John says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto death. Mm-hmm. So by suffering, and dying to ourself, we overcome the enemy. Mm-hmm. Can we can we take a look at uh, <coughs> what Peter has to say about this? It's interesting where he talks about it. He doesn't talk about it until the end of his letter, actually. It comes in chapter 5 and verse 6. Up until that time, he's talking a great deal about suffering, Mm-hmm. Suffering in the workplace, suffering in the marriage, suffering in the world, suffering with an overbearing boss, uh, the privilege of suffering. Here, I'm just going to read it, and then we'll talk about it. He says in verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. And I can't help but thinking that Peter said that, realizing that when he, when he was almost taken out, he wasn't in a place of humility. He was running scared. Mm-hmm. He was denying Christ. He dropped the belt of truth. He said, I don't know. I don't know the man. He was in a bad place. And as we know, Jesus said, Satan has desired you, mm-hmm. that he may sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you. Had not Jesus prayed, I think we would have lost Peter. Yeah, very possibly. So Peter says, humble yourself, which is what he had not done, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And now listen to these strong words. Be sober-minded, be watchful. I think there are places where uh, our uh, culture does not recognize the the darkness even exists in the way, in the words that we use. You Mm -hmm. you little devil, you know, we we have teams, we have mascots, we call them the red devils and the blue devils. I think think we're stepping over the line there and we're putting ourselves in a place of, of naivety regarding the reality. Hey, we're, we're talking about real things. We mm-hmm. don't want to mess with this by right. trying to believe that they don't exist. Jesus. Be sober-minded. Yeah, that's very serious. Be watchful. Listen to this. Now, he's going to tell us three things about the devil. And so in order to defeat the enemy, we need to recognize him. We need to resist him in order to, that we may rejoice. 
So first, uh, recognizing him, he says, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Do we have time to, to look at this, or do we want to come back? I think back? we should come back to that next week, and maybe talk a little bit more, too, about how our culture doesn't think about this stuff mm -hmm. anymore, and it's kind of tossed this aside, or even makes fun of it. Mm -hmm. Makes fun of people who do, mm -hmm. um, because I think that happens a lot. But I think we better wrap it up for now. So uh, join us again next week as we continue this discussion on demons and what is the Christian response to this topic and what do we do about it? What do we do if we think there might be some sort of spiritual darkness attacking us or in our life or in the life of someone we love? Is that silly? Uh, is that superstition or is it something that we should be serious about? And we're going to get to that. So join us again next week for Things Christians Want to Know. Thanks. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.